Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Magic Beans podcast, episode number 95. My name is Cracker, and I'm going to be your host for this episode. And I have a couple of the beans on the line with me, starting off with Chewy. How are you, Chew? Episode 95. When did that happen? I'm good. I'm good, Cracker. How are you? Very well. Thank you, mate. And joining us, Stu. Welcome back, bud. Good to have you. Hey, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Is this one of our bean sprouts, one of our special guests? Oh, hey, hey, hey. wow, that's that's a bit rude. <laughs> I, I did a count back earlier, and I've been on at least a fifth of the episode, so come on. Nice. Okay. That's good. Yeah, I like it. Uh, it's good to have you back. <laughs> good to have you back. It or, is. Or it's good to be here. It's good to hear your voice. Oh, thank you. All right. So, no shorty tonight. He is busy preparing for other things, which we'll get into later. So, hosting duties fall gladly on my shoulders. Always happy to jump in and, and fill those big shoes. Well, not actual big shoes. I reckon my feet are substantially larger than shorties. Most but, things. Um, easily. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying it. I'm not finishing that sentence. Uh. <laughs> anyway. So, but let's, look, we, we do have heaps to get through. Quite the... Surprise week this week in a couple of ways. So let's uh, let's get right into it. But before we do, Stu, yeah. you know what time it is, mate. Tell our listeners. It is Josh and Pat's time. They are our illustrious sponsors. They look after the show and they look after the prize support for our Magic Beans tournament series. If you haven't joined them yet, you can search up Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar on Facebook or jpmtgbazaar.com.au, which will take you straight to their Facebook page. They are a Facebook auction site, cards every day of the week. When you win an auction, let them know the bean sent you. And at the moment as well, they are running a Innistrad Midnight Hunt giveaway, giving away, I think, three set booster boxes and six bundles. And the way to enter is to win an auction between now and September 26th and comment on the post about the auction, about the giveaway. So yeah, head over there, hit them up, win some cards, tell them the bean sent you. Nice. Well I done. I entered that. It's uh, pretty good. Got me thinking. Like, what's your favourite uh, Innistrad adjacent, uh, you know, book or or TV series movie? So yeah, I uh, I enjoyed thinking about that one. It's a good exercise. So shout out to Pat for thinking of creative ways to give stuff away. I like it. Yeah, I love it. All right. So because I'm on the cast, that means only one of two things has happened. Uh, and seeing as we went over the, the new set mechanics last episode, that means that there must have been a ban announcement this week, right? Isn't that how that goes? Uh, yep. I, I, and correct. you're on the cast every week, just saying. I, I, uh, am. Yeah. I am. It's, I miss them occasionally, but but not very often. What that's so telling us is there is often a ban in. <laughs> there, there, there is. Mm. And i got to say, boys, this one took me by surprise. I, I had no inkling that this one was coming. This is for Commander. So we have got Golos, the Tireless Pilgrim, is banned, and an unbanning of Worldfire. So very quickly, I imagine most people know what Golos is. Five mana, three, five. When he ETBs, you search your library for a land, put it into play, then shuffle. And he has an activated ability of 2N Wuburg, so one of each color. And you exile the top three cards of your library, you may play them this turn without paying their mana costs. So that's the banned card. And then, well, let's just talk about Worldfire real quick, because I don't think that'll be a very long conversation. So Worldfire is a sorcery. It's six red, red, red. And it's a sorcery. It says, exile all permanents, exile all cards from all hands and graveyards. Each player's life total becomes one. Interesting. Uh, nine mana sorcery. Next. Um... Yeah, not a lot to yeah. talk about there. Like people going, oh, if I have Thragtusk in play, 
and things like that. And there, there was another combo with a, uh, I think, a commander from, uh, not a commander, a planeswalker from Commander Legends that you can emblem? cast. I feel, yeah, I think it's an emblem or something, and they, it deals one damage to up to three opponents. You could just Chandra. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of things you can do. Anyway. But like you say, I mean, nine mana sorcery, con- let's be yeah. honest. <laughs> Congratulations. You deserve to win the game if you get to just pull that one off. But Chewy. Uh, and it doesn't even win you the game. Chewy, how, no, it doesn't. Chewy, how <laughs> targeted do you feel with this ban in? Like, how, uh, look, I, like I'm annoyed. Again. I don't feel targeted, but I, I, I think I'm annoyed by well, this I think banning. When I say targeted, I mean for like, it just every KCI, I know we're not talking about that, but the I, I, I feel overhaul. like I get hit with the ban hammer uh, more than any other ban. Yeah, yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Um, I guess I'm just a- attracted to good cards more than some of the other beans. I don't know, but hey, hey, <laughs> they took away my mana monkey. You they, leave me alone. Yeah, they did. They did. <laughs> um, so and also look, Golis is a scout. My daughter's named Scout. So, oh, hard targeted. Um, do you know, <laughs> one of the things I've found most uh, interesting over the course of this week, and and you did it whilst you were just introducing this band cracker, you introduced Golis as a he. Now, for the longest time, oh. I thought Golos was, and I don't know anything of the fluff. I'm just looking at the art. It's either an it, like Khan's an it, uh, you know, being it's a construct and a, and, and you know, effectively genderless or female. So I think I've referred to Golos as Golos or as her. But then I've heard a lot of people say, "Hey, there you go." Just interesting. There's a lot of subjectiveness to magic, and that's a good example. So um, none of that matters because Golos is banned. Uh, I guess finally tired of being a pilgrim. I don't know, but I played past with shorty played, with his soundboard. Yeah, played <laughs> Golos as my commander in my five color enchantment deck. And Cracker and I were talking about this through the week, right? And I think there's two ways to approach the commander format. You find a sweet commander and you build around it. Sorry, this is for not just net decking uh, uh, a list or upgrading a precon. This is like building your own commander decks, right? So mm-hmm, very, mm-hmm. very important. Um, and I don't, uh, I don't upgrade precons or get deck lists from online. When I build my commander decks, I, you know, it's a creative, explorative experience for me, and that's that's why I interact with the format. But you either start with a sweet legend and you build around that, uh, and I did that with the red green omnath right that was uh that was how i approached that deck or you find a sweet strategy that you like and then you can find a commander then that that fits uh what you want to do and that second uh example is what i did with with my shrines deck so i started out a couple of years ago with i love the shrines from kamigawa um and i you know randomly have some i'm gonna build a a five color shrines deck and then all of a sudden they print a whole bunch of shrines and the deck got better. And I went, Gola seems like a good thing because it fixes my mana. I can go and get a jewel land or a, a, a triome. Uh, and then later on, I could go and get a Ceres Sanctum thanks to the beans for my birthday. Uh, and then, you know, in late game, I can, you know, go and put Debtor's Nell or Omniscience into play or whatever is on top of my library. And it's all very good. It's all very sweet. And it's a fun commander, but it never felt busted. Mm. Um, it never felt overpowered. It's both an artifact and a creature. So it's, uh, the only way they could have made it 
more fragile was to reduce the toughness but honestly it's a three five creature that's also dies to you know a braid see and i've I've definitely killed your goal loss a lot over the journey yeah like it didn't feel oppressive and like i'm getting sarah's sanctum with it right um that that's a powerful thing to do but it never felt broken it felt powerful and it felt like if i could get the seven mana and untap with Golos and do the thing then i'm also rolling the dice a little bit but that's just you know sample size my deck i don't know what other people were doing in the like competitive edh circles and things like that because like well they uh, weren't well so there you go they they, they weren't so Golos is not a cedh commander just at all not even close see why ban it why ban it exactly so it I, I I read some of the points behind Sheldon's thing. I read his article and, I mean, I, I was kind of surprised and I, I didn't pay as much attention as I possibly should have. But some of the points are he is on like EDH rec and things like that, which are, you know, like a very common website for posting your deck list. He is the most played commander on there. He is probably, unless you're going for tribal synergies, the best in quotes five color commander because you don't need most of the other five color commanders cost five colors not all of them but but a lot of them do right so they're much much harder to cast whereas Golos is five generic mana so you can cast him i mean turn two if you really want to like it's a bunch of mana rocks and and then you just Golos it out and hey you know but if you... you've got five mana on turn two that's not Golos's fault i didn't well, say yeah, that of was Golos's fault, right <laughs> but and yeah. look he has come i'm listen i don't think this is a great ban just to be clear, I'm not no. I'm not backing this one. I'm just outlining some of the reasoning why. So it was that he had become it. They Golos had become the default five C commander for most people. And look, I, and I definitely they felt that it was that. squeezing out creativity, which is weird because now you are forcing creativity. I don't know, man. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I don't I don't get this one. I, I guess it's a good thing rule zero exists. Yeah, you can keep playing you know. Golos in our commander games, dude. I don't care. Yeah, it's uh, look, it's and that's a whole nother point, right? Like with Rule Zero and the adoption of Rule Zero by, as far as I can see, the commander format at large. Like, why do we even need a rules committee? Just quietly, um, yeah. but <laughs> it's a yeah, it's the def- I, I get, it, and if I'm trying to understand. Uh, a position that I don't agree with. I, I try to, you know, put myself in the shoes of the decision maker and, um, you know, just me trying to get my head around it, right? They saw Golos as the default for five-color decks. And I defaulted to Golos. It was the obvious choice when I built my five-color deck. So I guess they're not wrong in that pers- in that perspective. But the creativity that went into my deck wasn't about the commander I chose. It was about the other 99 cards and i think that happens a lot in commander where like your deck's identity is so often tied to your commander like you talk to people that love commander it's like oh what deck are you playing and they just say like a random name and i'm like i don't know what that is no i want to know what, what does your deck do like don't just say yeah. you know yeah. Marin, right i'm like tell me it's an artifact sorry not, sorry, not an artifact tell me it's a you know, a graveyard synergy recursion deck, right? Because that's what your deck does. It's not a Merin deck. And my deck is a five-color enchantment, uh, you know, synergy deck. It's not a Golos deck. And look, how many 
hard Golo sticks actually existed or how many compared well, appar- to apparently a lot yeah, so but, it's interesting because no, i was reading mm, yeah. sorry to, to finish my point like how many decks were designed around golos specifically to put you know stack the top of your library to hit three you know like you know ugin eldrazi titans shenanigans like some broken combo or how many were creative individual five color decks that their pilot had built and enjoyed and Golas just happened to be a good commander for it. That's I think there's a really important distinction there. If they're trying to say Golas limits creativity, they're too focused on just the commander and not mm. the other 99 cards. That that's my opinion. Have at it. Uh, it's pretty hard to argue against, man. I mean, it's it's your opinion, <laughs> and I don't disagree. I'm happy like, to be wrong. It, I'm happy no, to be wrong. I, 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 I'm, I'm I opening up the discussion. I, I don't think you are wrong. So like, no. I I've been reading quite a bit of discourse, and it's interesting because you have. There's two groups. So there's the rules committee, who are the ones who actually curate and manage the commander ban and restricted list in conjunction with wizards, but they're, they're not actually wizards employees. They are a separate entity. They are the ones who sort of founded, if you like, EDH when it was still called EDH. Um, and then there is also the CAG, which is the commander advisory group. And that's just a, pe- a bunch of people from the community who are really invested and they have you know influence. different people yeah they influence the the rc or they're supposed to be able to influence the rc in the decisions and what they hear because you know the rules committee is not a large group of people it's maybe a half dozen something like that and then the cag has got maybe another 10 or, or maybe more now you know there's that's a kind of growing group but you know they're, they're trying to get opinions from lots of different places i i have been i follow just because you know a bunch of commander players and interesting people a lot of the cag just on Twitter, and I've been reading a bunch of their posts about it. One of them shut his own personal Twitter for a couple of days because he didn't want to have to deal with it. Um, <laughs> and then everyone else is just kind of teeing off. And some of them, like Josh Lee Kwai, right, who runs Game Nights, you know, massive, massively influential in the commander sphere, thinks it's the worst band that they've ever done, and he just vehemently disagrees with it. So it's the, it is very, very split. And I saw some really interesting post and i think it was actually him he was saying if it's 50 50 if it's not definitively like whole breacher happened recently right only mm-hmm. in the last few weeks and i get that whole breacher is not a fun card to play against no, no it's <laughs> like awful. it's it, it is totally game warping and you know one-sided effect <clears throat> that just instantly kind of destroys the game for everyone else i i get that i don't i mean do i want to do that to people yes am bit. i a jerk sure <laughs> but that's fine but that's at the what same time, zero conversations are for, though. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah and that's I, right. I, I accept that. Like, I just go, okay. Like, I see that on rate and on power level and on ease of cast and stuff that you know, Hole Breacher is a problematic card. But then you look at Golos and it's just like, I don't get it. The only I just, thing I, don't, I can think I honestly of is, don't. The only thing I can think of is I'm missing something. Like, is, is and I don't play as much Commander as a lot of other people do. Um, but is there some? hugely busted combo that is there or is about to be introduced that make uh you know that makes Golos op and this is a preemptive thing i don't know this is all complete speculation because from the information that i've got i agree with you craig it doesn't make sense <clears throat> so yeah, anyway it's true Golos be banned and i've got to go with uh you know another 5c commander which you know thankfully there are um options out there what do you think, Stu? I agree with everything you guys have said. 
I've, yeah, I've got nothing more to add to that, I don't think. Okay, yeah. I, I was just trying to find some combos, but I don't really understand them. So we'll just ignore that. I mean, look, anytime you can cheat on mana, it's broken, right? We we all understand and accept that, but yeah, I don't know. Anyway, Do you think that's they fine. went... But it's not that. We wanna I don't un- know. We want to unbend... seven mana to activate it. Yeah, but you yeah. could cast your world fire. Oh, yeah. And you could stack things, right? So... Because you reveal the cards, you st- you stack them as to how you want to cast them. So you can like world fire, and then you can play your uh, sulfuric vortex, and then pass it. That's why they banned it. I figured it out. Sure, you got there. <laughs> sure. That's All right. Something. So, just before we move on to the next section, can you take the tin foil off your head? <laughs> and uh... <laughs> I'm just trying to make sense of it, man. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's. Yeah, and maybe just to finish that point, I'm not sure if I did, that um, I was reading in the comments, it's that if the card is not overtly oppressive, then it should be left alone. And particularly, as you said, it's a beloved commander. Like, people built Gates decks, yeah, right, where that was their win condition, was that they would just, you know, find ways of, you know, like, bouncing Golos or looping Golos to be able to get Gates to win with that. Like, that was their idea of fun. And it was the perfect commander for that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, just uh, it's it's supposed to be a casual fun format and it feels like they're being pretty heavy-handed at the moment. And I think that's that's my issue with Commander is I think it's losing this a topic for another episode I'm sure, but I I think the casual fun aspect of Commander is being lost uh and we they should take steps to get back to that and Yeah, that's tricky cuz Wizards just keeps printing busted cards so they're printing yeah. lots of things in Commander to be yeah. powerful yeah no they, they yeah. are i mean like i mean golos was in like m20 or whatever so it wasn't like a commander specific product but i mean wizards have to keep pushing power levels so people will buy new products that's just how that works yeah so i don't envy the rc the other thing that i saw that was really interesting today was um someone suggesting that the RC was out of touch. I mean, that's not an uncommon thing, but they haven't added any new members to the actual rules committee since like 2010, I think it was. Oh, wow. Okay. So they really need to look at expanding either the influence that the CAG has on the RC or expanding the, the members of the RC itself. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Which which I thought was an interesting point. Anyway. All right. We've talked move- for 20 minutes on goal loss. We should uh, <laughs> sure. talk about some other stuff. <laughs> Moving on from there, this is just a little topic we're going to quickly touch on. This is called rotation. Uh, <laughs> so the long-awaited removal of a bunch of very, very powerful sets and cards from standard is happening as of tomorrow. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Um, so the 16th. So it's, yeah, it happened sometime tonight. By the time you're listening to the cast, it should be now. So... I'm just going to quickly touch on the sets that are going out. And I put together a quick list of some of the really important cards from each of those sets. And I thought we could have a quick chat about those and and what we're losing. Because it's easy to go, oh, look, we're losing Eldraine, Theros Beyond Death, Ikoria, and M21. They're all rotating out. And then from there, I thought we could just kind of dig into what is going. So, Adventures. What else is going out of Eldraine, Stu? Embercleave. Yeah. Great Henge, Fervent Champion, Questing Beast, Drown in the Lock, Doom Foretold, the Castle Land Cycle, and Oko. 
<laughs> but, I mean, I mean Oko was gone Oko's before it even rotating. started, basically. Yeah. Can, can you imagine if Oko had been in standard for another 18 oh months? Oh my gosh. <laughs> that that yeah. is a list of cards. Well, it's not even like, all of them. The, no, no well, it's I mean, not. It's not even close. It's not. That set is busted, and I have played a lot of Eldraine and enjoyed a lot of the cards in Eldraine, but I'm going to be very happy to see the back end of it, to be honest. It's time to go, right? Like, yes. Adventures... It's funny because we're really unsure of those when they were first previewed. Gee, like, they proved oh, to be pretty powerful. Yeah, it's like it's worse than Shock and it's just a 4-3. Uh, no, no, this is going to be the best card in Standard and will be for a really long time. Embercleave enabled whole archetypes to be good, uh, along with Fervent Champ and a lot of the time Questing Beast. I'm glad Drown in the Lock got good. Yeah, me yeah. too. Yeah. Me too, because yeah. I well, that was one of the cards that I saw, and we talked about a lot when it was previewed, and we're like, I hope there's a home for this, because it's like a really sweet modal spell. Yeah. And it took a long time, but- And the home finally, show, finally showed up. It was awesome. Yeah, it did. It did. It just so happened that the deck that it found a home in was super annoying to play against, but- That was great fun. What are <laughs> you talking about? <laughs> no, it was fun to pilot, not fun to play yeah, against, yeah. I, I think. That's fair. 100%. I, I, yeah. Uh, and, you know- we this this sort of the castle cycle kind of faded like they were in every deck for a really long time and just got sort of faded out by other lands that i'm sure we'll talk about but you know they were really really powerful and obviously the the blue one castle vantress took a big hit with the what was that four mana enchantment that untapped all your lands what was that called uh reclamation yeah yeah um that was a um, you know a good card in that deck, but you know the black one still sees a bit of play, and the red one in the mono red deck, you know they sort of but they still show up as like one or two ofs in a lot of lists. They yeah. for a while there they were four ofs because they were just the best thing you could be doing with extra mana, and then you're right they have kind of slowly whittled down, but it's not uncommon to see you know like you said like a castle Embereth in a mono red deck or you know Arden Vale in a mono white deck, you know they all still have some degree of utility, so. Yeah, and I I like them. I thought they were pretty fair and balanced, honestly. Um, they they all were costed well. They they came into play tapped sometimes, and they were a good utility land. And I, I think, yeah, I think they were a great utility land. I yeah. really like them. And I, and that if that's the standard of utility lands in standard, I I'd be happy with that. It's a good like playable, not OP, not oppressive, but you know value across all of the colors. Basically, although I can't remember what the green one did. Uh, it turned four mana, four mana into six. six. Oh, that's right. Didn't really but make a splash in standard. Only for creatures. Yeah, it was pretty good in modern. Is pretty good in modern. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah it's all play early on in like some of the mono green mm. lists, but it, it faded pretty quickly as well. Yeah. Because Hinge took over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the looking at this list, the Eldrain list, these are more than just cards. Like individual cards, you know, and yeah. like you, like these are archetypes almost, right? Yeah. Yep. So it's uh, every one of the cards that you've listed here, pillars of the format at one point or another, like Doom Foretold's on your little list here, Cracker. Um, and that has, you know, cycled in and out of popularity. It's always been at the forefront of Manguchi's mind, but it's, <laughs> you know, there's been times where, you know, Doom Foretold with Dance of the Mance or other things have been you know, the best deck in standard for that time. So, yeah, seeing that go uh, means that, you know, that archetype's gone. 
Um, and that obviously had a lot of synergy with Theros being a an enchantment-based set, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, are you going to miss anything out of this, Cracker? <laughs> Am I going to miss anything? I'm scrolling through this list of these blue cards feeling sad. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I am also glad that it's going. Like, I've I've had a lot of fun. Obviously, I've cast more than my fair share of petty thefts and stomps, but also, like, Into the Story and Mystical Dispute. There's a lot of really, really strong things in here. And, you know, obviously, we could spend, you know, hours talking about just the, the impact that this set had. But, I mean, it's had so many cards banned from it. Like, yeah. Cauldron Familiar. Remember that one? I didn't even think to put that in. But, and then... What else? There was Lucky Clover. Iron Crag Feet Saw. Lucky play. Clover. Lucky Clover, oh, right? Wow. Exactly. Robber of the Witch. That feels like an eternity ago. This set has been around for so yeah. long. Torbrand. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, didn't, I, I was realizing later that I didn't even put Torbrand on there. So, look, this, I mean, Emery, like, they're, the list giant. goes on and on. <laughs> yeah. There's there's probably like 50 actual highly played cards yeah. probably more out of this more. set which is which is a phenomenal amount out of anyone's set well this was a pushed uh, set right very much so yeah yeah so it's a it's always when when a set is really powerful it's going to leave a big vacuum when it when it leaves so <laughs> remember once upon a time <laughs> yeah that's right oh yeah oh yeah that got banned too yeah uh no i don't remember that all right so we can keep talking about Eldraine, but there's actually, like I said, there's three more sets that are rotating as well. And going through those, Eldraine kind of cast a massive shadow over everything, but the next setup was Theros Beyond Death. And there are a lot of cards in here as well that have seen a lot of play. So, Chewie, do you want to run through the, the list here quickly of things that I had? Yeah, absolutely. So Heliod, uh, which, you know, uh, was a big finisher in the mono white deck. Elspeth Conquers Death was absolutely a powerhouse from day one. Yeah. Alcide, um of Life's Bounty. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, making the you know, good white cards in Theros. Uh, all of the omens, uh, the blue ones, probably the one that's seen the most play. Cling to Dust, Annex, uh, huge for the red deck. Ox of Agonis. Sees a lot of cyborg play. Dream Trawler definitely had its time. That was strong sun. for a long time, yeah. Yep. Um, Soul Guide Lantern was our best uh, graveyard um, answer for a while there. We had temples. You know, we talked about lands in um, Eldraine, uh, and I'm sure we will uh, in the next set as well. But, yeah, the temple cycle were the best cards that we had uh, to fix our mana for a long time. And Old Mate Uro. Was also yeah. in um, in Theros Beyond Death, but uh, he's he's gone the way of the dodo. But you know, like Birth of Miletus won World Championships. Uh, you know, there there was a lot of uh, you know really powerful cards in this format as well. Uh, Kiora Bessa Sea God. Oh, know, I'm gonna so be happy to see go. that go. Yeah, Thassa Deep Dweller. Yep, Thassa's you Oracle. Remember the, the yeah. Link deck, yeah. Yep, Thassa's <laughs> Intervention saw a lot of play, you know, while we're looking at blue cards. You know, there's a, uh, you know, Elspeth's Nightmare. There's a lot of, like, powerful cards here. Chrome War, you know, there's, you, you know, you've only got to scroll through on, on Scryfall and realize how many OP cards were in this set as well. So, yeah, it's... Woe Strider. Yeah, yep. Mm. <clears throat> So, sure, you'll be happy that we mentioned that. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> That's why I put Fervent Champion in the first list. I had to. Yeah, yeah just, just for shorty. 
So yeah, pretty much. So uh, Theros Beyond Death was definitely a step down in power from Eldraine, but still one of the most powerful sets uh, in standard that we'd seen for a while. You know, if if this was not the set that followed Throne of Eldraine, yeah. we'd be talking about this like we would talk about Eldraine, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, so absolutely. it's gone. It's gone as we speak, basically. So it's a uh, it, it was a good set. I I liked Theros. I enjoyed drafting it. Uh, I thought it did interesting things, exploring you know enchantments a little bit more. Uh, there was some. I'm gonna say this had annoying cards, like Uro busted was a mistake, but the rest of the cards were kind of just annoying. So uh, because they were good. Right, not annoying because they were bad, but you know, yeah. um, Heliod, ECD, Alcide, Annex—they were all good cards that uh, you know sort of lent towards uh, on the battlefield um, mid-range-ish type strategies that you know made you commit to the board and got value out of that. So they were good cards to play, but they were annoying cards to play against because they were good. That's my takeaway. <laughs> My hot take. Yeah, it's about right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is there anything you miss, you're going to miss out of that, Stu? Oh, I'm just going through it all now. And again, there's so many cards here that you forget were even here. Like Pelucronos, that was, that's, uh, that's one that I'll miss a little bit of. I played that a lot early on. Yeah, Polycase um, a good guy. Uh, there was the, uh, you know, Hateful Eidolon was a, you know, key card in the, um, the best of one the, deck. My yeah. Triton saw a lot of play. Um, I, I played a lot of green-white auras with Satessan Champion and Satessan Training. And, yeah. like, that deck just drew cards. Well, that was a thing early on, wasn't it? That, it was, that yeah. Was I, I played that all through that first league. Yeah, no, that was it was actually a lot of fun, that deck. It was um, was really, really good. Uh, and, yes, green-white. Green <laughs> yeah, yeah, Hakdos, the, uh, the best hit off. <laughs> Croxa um, yeah. going as well. You know, we talked about Uro, but, yeah, definitely Croxa. And Clothis saw a lot of play uh, in, in sideboards as well. Yeah, so. great sideboard card. Yeah. And Shadow Spear saw a lot of play as well, actually. Yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah. it did. Yep. So, you know, lots of good cards, but um, it's gone. But <laughs> what can it... I say? It's, a, it's, <laughs> it's out of here. It's Storm's one of those things, though, right? Like, for a moment, for a hot minute. Like like, like you mentioned with, um, you know, Aldrain casting this shadow over Theros and even the subsequent sets, for me, it really feels like instead of having this sort of yearly rotation, and I think we've discussed it before on the cast of having, as each new set comes in, the last set drops off. Yeah. Then it sort of gives each set an opportunity to maybe shine a little bit more. I like the idea of that, but then... I'd love it. Some people are... Uh, I think that only works when there's less sets released, but the because of yeah, you're the probably right. release schedule that they've got, uh, <laughs> you know, by the time you've got you know, or four copies of your card, you feel like, you know, you barely get a chance to play them and they're gone again. Yeah, that's so, the thing. Yeah. yeah. So, but I think the balance should come back the other way. I just don't know how exactly that would look. But Yeah, I mean, they did try, you know, rotations every, what, six months yeah. very briefly. Yeah. And I think that's actually probably a pretty good balance. Yeah, maybe. So then it's it's two at a time, effectively. Yeah. And yeah. you can just kind of pick your number, keep it like a seven set standard or something like that or whatever and... And just go, all right, well, instead of dropping all four sets, we're just going to drop two. And then in six months' time, we'll drop the next two. And then you just kind of keep going. But that got a lot of blowback. And now we're back to this again, which is <laughs> a thing. Yeah. Um, 
Aquaria is also going. Yeah, right? what, yeah, it is. What are you? What are you missing out of that, Cracker? So when I was looking at this, it was pretty hard to list all the cards again. Uh, Aquaria has a lot of really busted stuff. So cycling, the whole deck mm. <laughs> was in Aquaria. <laughs> the whole deck is gone. Goodbye, Zenith Flare. We knew probably about as long as we should have. <laughs> yeah, it did its thing for a time. It did, and and I enjoyed that as well. <laughs> mutate, all of Mutate, gone. Again, did its thing, had a couple of amazing I, decks for moments. and I'm going to miss Mutate. I really enjoyed it. I don't think it had enough uh, opportunity to really shine, as we've already discussed, but I think it's a great mechanic. The problem with Mutate was that you were confined to the one set. Yes. Like the, you, you just, it, it is the nature of these kind of slightly oddball mechanics where they go, we're going to try something new here. Like cycling in theory could be supported for forever because yeah. you can always just have more cycling cards. It's not plane specific. It's not a unique thing. I feel like there's a, uh, you never forget how to ride a bike uh, pun here, but I can't, I can't figure it out. <laughs> Help me, Chewy. Uh, I'm too tired. Huh? Get it? Do. <laughs> Bike to, yeah. Anyway, um, so I think but, I think with mutate, yeah. you're right. I 100 percent agree with you. There's they can only print so many mutate cards, and it is very set specific. But what I liked about mutate is the cards that were just good that happened to have mutate, like Gem Razor. Yeah, was mm-hmm. just just a good magic card that you could play in you know a mid range or aggressive green based deck, and you know. I put it on a bunch of Stonecoil Serpents many times and just Always. Yeah. You know, made, you know, big giant trampoly reach things and, and beat my opponents down. And yeah, I think that was just uh, a, a good example of what you could do with that mechanic. Trying to make a, you know, dedicated mutate deck, you had to branch out into many, many colors. And the Jeskai deck saw, you know, some popularity for a time and then people figured out how to play against it and things like that and it dropped off but yeah uh cool mechanic but complicated one so probably not one we'll see for a long time if ever again yeah but you know Mm. people can always play their gem raises they sure can uh so the other couple of cards that i had here they're just kind of big chunks these ones so there was cycling mutate luca which has been busted a couple of different times you know the team of luca deck we've seen recently where it's just spitting you know value <laughs> value um adventure creatures big, into big snakes. giant snakes yep. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh and then before that obviously we were turning tokens into agent agent of treachery was that agent right? of treachery wow. yeah. going back in the uh the old fires days that is too and then the rest of the things are ultimatums companions yeah. and triomes so <laughs> Like these, they, Ikoria had probably some of the most significant like cycles of cards. I think yeah, it did. Yep. So ultimatums. I mean, pretty, do we have anything? Pretty happy to see them go. Like I played a bunch of the Teamer one uh, in like Elementals El- or Genesis you know, Ultimatum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At, yep. our, at our pre-release, how good? Yeah, oh, yeah. We'll <laughs> move on from the ultimatums. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but you know, it's been the you know, the best sort of control deck for a really long time and people are sick of, you know, Valky and yeah. friends. Companions, even after oh, the... Oh, boy. Yeah, even after the nerfing, which seems like a really long time ago that that got nerfed. Like, That's because this is, it was. It's been in standard for a really long time. And, you know, they still crop up 
and oftentimes people are going, oh, it's just free to play this Gigantha, but, you know, the Lurus has been very good in a lot of decks for a really long time. I'm Lurus. And yeah, me too. the nerfing saw some of them, like the, the turtle, whichever, the green-black one, kind of just disappeared. Garuda? Yeah, and Garuda <laughs> dropped off really quickly as well. But Urion and um, Lurus continued to, you know, be in the t- top tiers for a really long time. Yeah. And, you know, Triumphs as well, like just enabling these three-color mana bases or more, you know, really consistently. And, um, you know, we because of the cycling tapped onto it, you'd see things like Rogues playing a uh, a copy or two of of a triome because you know it's a dual land or it, it cycles so yeah. yeah cycling on a land is a really really powerful thing even if it costs three so yeah that's just accurate yeah and look they you know i like i like the triumphs but they are like yeah super powerful they did make mana probably just a little bit too too good i think in a lot of ways yeah absolutely uh, is that so then, that's all the decks all the sets going out of standard is that right Nope, one no, more. there's oh, more, okay. but also <laughs> we're, we're losing Winona out of Ikoria, which I'm sure nobody's upset about. Oh, really? I forgot she was in this. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, there she is. And I, and I just want to uh, I just want to make special mention of a, n- another particular card that I'm happy to see gone, and that's the Crystalline Giant. Uh, <laughs> shout out to DeBroom with the double hexproof uh, Crystalline Giant's very yes. early days that still sticks in my mind. If I'd known you were going to be on Stu, I would have put it in there. <laughs> just because <laughs> just I know how much you love that card. Um, Sprite uh, Dragon Gone Cracker. I know you've played a bunch yeah, of... Yeah, no. Yeah. Losing all my fun toys. That's right. We get some new ones. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, M21. What's... M21. Now, now, would it be fair to say that M21 was one of the more powerful core sets we've had in a long time? Yes. So there was just a theme with this last block of last four sets, really. Things are really quite powerful. Yeah, yeah. No, M21 was definitely quite pushed. Stu, what do we see in M21? All right. So we had uh, everybody's favorite spirit dragon, Ugin. Uh, Seasoned Hallowblade. Yeah, that's that's on its way out. The everyone's favorite good boy, the selfless savior. Stormwing Entity. That saw a bit of play for a while there, but I don't know. I never mean, I really just put that in for me. That's a yeah, pet card of cracker, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this next one, the Thieves Guild Enforcer, that's a major part of obviously Demir Rogues. So losing that and drowning the lock at the same time, we still have a lot of pieces from Zendikar mm-hmm. Rising. Will nah, the deck- Rogues is dead. Rogues is dead. Yep, hundred yeah. percent without Lurus. And I, I, I think so. So missing Lurus, Thieves yeah. Guild Enforcer, um, missing uh, Brazen Borrower, and um, they are big. Dr- drowning the lock and Mystical Dispute. It's yeah. just too many key pieces. Yeah, that's fair. Yep. Uh, what else are we? What else are we seeing? Uh, Terror of the Peaks. There's a card that uh, I wanted to be better. It was good, but I don't think it ever really. It kind of shone. came and went, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, there was a few team of piles that you know you were trying to flip off of ultimatums and get that out with extra, you know, creatures at the same time. But yeah, it felt good when you could do that. Um, Scorching Dragonfire gone. Yeah, yep. Elder Gargaroth, who we all seem to keep forgetting what set that was from. It uh, it always felt like an Eldraine card to me. Yep. Just busted. And quite a favourite of mine, to be honest. I very much like it. Yeah, uh, Pr- Primal Might. Primal Might, staple of Mono Green. Uh, the Scavenger News, gone. Goodbye, Scoos. 
Maze Mind Tome, which is a card that took a while for people to start using and to see a lot of play, but it did take off for a bit, Maze Mind Tome. It was just and, a, it's just a good card. <laughs> Maze Mind Tome just yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. Scry, 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 gain life, draw a card. I wouldn't mind seeing that crop back up into standard every, you know, couple of rotations. Uh, I think it's, you know, a good standard power level card that um, is interesting enough and has its own limitations. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think, yeah, we lose all the, all the scry lands will be gone this rotation. Yeah, they, they won't. So that's correct. Yep. Yeah. So, so Ugin gone. He, that's again, everybody's favorite. He was, uh, He's polarizing, right? Like, oh, yeah. We were all pretty surprised that's, that's, when they reprinted him, weren't we? I was pretty happy. Yeah, I know you were, but I, I remember like we were all just, oh, but it was is, a- this, is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? And I think we kind of, he mostly ended up in a, Ugin mostly ended up in a pretty good spot. Yeah, it, like, yeah I think you were either an Ugin deck or you weren't. And it, everybody wanted to explore that space at the start of the format and Ugin was everywhere. Yeah. But I haven't played against an Ugin for a really, really long time. Yeah, I can't remember the last time I saw one. Just got outmoded by Ultimatum, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, you Saltai Ultimatum and you can grab an Ugin if you feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an option. So one card I realized that I didn't include, Fabled Passage. Gone. Rotates wow. from oh, both hey. Eldrain and M21. It'll be back. It... it Will be, probably, but that's a big blow to a lot of mana bases. That is. Especially- We're losing a, a, a lot of dual lands, mm-hmm. like triomes, and also, you know, like a, a shuffle effect, which can be super important for some decks. And yeah, just go go get your basics. I've played a lot of Fable Passage, and yeah, I'm going to miss it. I think everyone's played a lot of Fable Passage, actually. Yeah. It's just it's just a really good card. And man, like, I don't want to download downgrade to... um. Evolving Wild. <laughs> that's, that's that's not it, Chief. So hopefully we get something else. Well, I think what I think that is actually a really good point. And when you look at the cards like Ember Cleave and Selfless Savior and uh, the Cycling Deck, this format, this new standard, is going to slow down. So yeah, yeah and. I like that, but it also worries me a little. So, I mean, let's have a look at what what do we have in uh, as of like now, as of tomorrow. What sets do we actually sure. have? So, the sets that we actually are left with are Zendikar Rising. There is Kaldheim, Strixhaven, D and D Adventures in the Forgotten Realm, and now Midnight Hunt. And then we'll we'll continue adding to that. You know, there'll be the Crimson Vow in another month or so, and, you know, the, the rest of the things will go from there. But for the next little while, we are down to five set standard. And, I mean, regardless of how completely insanely powered the previous four sets were, five set standard is always just much slower because you've just mm. got literally, what, a thousand less cards to choose from yeah. <laughs> in standard. Like more so it's it's just it's a big downgrade in terms of the just the pool of cards that you have access to which is good it it does end up meaning that you quite often get more mid-range piles because you have just less tools to go i've got a hyper aggressive mono red deck you know there's only so many good mono red cards you can put in every set right you can't just put 20 different sick mono red cards in i mean sorry shorty (laughs) 
uh, <laughs> in, in a set to, to just fuel those things. So when that happens, you end up with more just mid-range stuff because that is the space that most of magic, you know, kind of encapsulates, right? It's just that that middle section. It's not the the crazy combo end. It's not the the super high-end ramp decks. We're losing Cultivate as well. That was another card that I, sp- I spotted on the way through that's, that's rotating out. So... Five set standard will slow down, but there's still some there's some powerful things, man. Well, what I'm looking forward to is actually having agency to explore those now. Like Zendikar Rising's got good cards. Kaldheim's got some really really good cards. Strixhaven's got some interesting synergies. D and D's got some fun stuff, and I really like what I'm seeing out of Midnight Hunt. I'm looking forward to getting to to play with some of these cards and test them. But so many of these, particularly Zendikar Rising, Kaldheim, well, Zendikar Rising, Strixhaven, and D and D specifically, a lot of the cards from those sets have just been pushed out by all of the ones that we've just been talking about. Like, why would I play, you know, some sort of dungeon mechanic deck when I could be playing adventures, right? So it's a not that I want to really play a dungeon mechanic deck, but you know what I mean. It's yeah. a it's an opportunity now for these sets that have been in standard for a while now some of them to actually rise to the top and in a way that's really good because you know they have good cards and people have put in a lot of effort into the design of these cards and it'd be great to get a chance to play them the the issue that i have not the issue the concern that i have is is exactly what you touched on are we just going to see just like three color mid-range piles and and i'm a bit worried about that i I remember in previous uh innistrad standard it was all just three color really grindy slow uh decks or you were trying to play some you know tribal synergy thing like humans or whatever and like it wasn't enjoyable for you know a whole bunch of different reasons that the other uh you know previous now previous standard was not enjoyable for so i hope that you know we we find a better balance uh i know i'm probably being overly pessimistic here and you know looking at things that don't i'm looking through you know what am i trying to say i'm looking through a lens of like negativity there but you know you look at some of the things in uh you know particularly Kaldheim, which i think is probably the most powerful set midnight hunt may topple it but you know these mid-range decks where you're just kind of staring at each other across this super thick battlefield with a fistful of removal encounters you know goldspan dragon faceless haven uh go a long way to just getting the game done and they're proactive cards and i like that and that's something that we need in standard so you know obviously you know embercleave probably a bit too far along but goldspan dragon's a nice uh sort of spot it's a good middle ground where it's going to end plenty of games but it's going to do it in a fair way by just like yep. attacking for four so i like that and you know i think i think still it's very much a mid-range creature though yeah and that's what I'm, yeah it is it is but it's not mopey mid-range it's not it's mid-range no, aggression I, I don't think you can mid- get away with mopey mid-range anymore like i just don't think that in in modern magic, like even though we talk about these sets being less powerful, which they, they definitely are, uh, you can't get away with just playing like vanilla three threes or whatever. Like that's No, just- no, that's not what I mean. I'm, I just meant like uh, 
a lot of just intrinsic value stuff where you're trying to win the long game and every round goes to time and uh, sure yeah i i i don't want to see that i i like things that just get the game done where there's still play to them and decisions and things and you know the ultimatums and embercleave went too far you know to towards just ending the game on the spot and everything was kind of a race to your combo or stopping your opponent's combo where but i don't want it like the previous standard where it was just like after you know it's 10 minutes left in the round and we're still in game one (laughs) So I, you yeah. know, I, I don't want that. So I'm, I'm hoping for something in, in the middle. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. And so, I, I think, I think we can achieve that. So I don't know how much of, or if any of the standard 2022 event the two of you played. Not many at all. No. I didn't, I didn't play either. But I mean, I, from what I saw, feedback wise on all the social media, I, it was an overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly positive response from people about where, you know, where standard is at in the. In 2022, following the rotation, obviously minus uh, Midnight Hunt. But um, I wonder how much of that is more, it's just a nice breath of fresh air to be rid of these uber-powered sets previously, or whether it is actually not all not all too bad. Well, except for Book of Exalted Deeds, but it's... Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, I, I like, uh, as, I, as I was saying before, like it's a great chance for some of these some of the cards in these sets to kind of shine. But, yeah. I mean, maybe that's uh, a good thing to, you know, wrap up this topic on. What do you think will be, you know, the the best deck? What are, what are you most excited about building around out of the uh, this five-set standard? Stu, what, what's... I, what's... I honestly have no idea at this point. I was saying just before the cast that I haven't really looked over a lot of uh, what Midnight Hunt is bringing out kind of made a bit of an effort to avoid the the spoiler season to an extent because I want to go pretty hard on the limited experience and I want to see cards for the first time in that field rather than already be trying to brew ahead of time so I don't know what's there and and so with that in mind I've got no idea what to expect from a constructed standpoint at this stage what do you think Cracker what's Cracker what what are you brewing up for week one Delva come on well you knew I was going to do it. It's 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 a tempo deck, man. Delver or zombies, but I've got like a lot of the pieces for, for is it Delver? Uh, so I think that's where I'll be starting, and that's the sort of deck that can, you know, end games. You, you may get the mythical, never actually seen turn two flip Delver and just start attacking for three in the air. But uh, look, this set, I don't know that it's as powerful as Kaldheim. That's yet to be seen. We haven't played with any of these cards yet. But it definitely, on face value, seems more powerful than D and D and Strixhaven. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And look, D and D is a core set, core quote set. unquote. Yeah, sure. So that's always going to be the case, and there'll be cards that crop up because they, you know, work well in a strategy. But yeah, mm-hmm. like Midnight Hunt, as I said before, might topple Kaldheim, but definitely Kaldheim's the more powerful set of the ones that are still here. For me, I think a gruel based creature deck, you know. Uh, Goldspan Dragon, Magda, mm-hmm. uh, Spirit Sentinel, uh, the the Cadillac, like that that deck's kind of there. And yep. um, there's the the new Day Night Double Face card whose name escapes me. That we talked about in last week's cast that synergizes really well with that deck. Maybe the uh, the green. What's the mythical cycle where you can pay extra 
when they enter the battlefield, what are they called again? You know the ones. I do. Oh, hang on, I was just yeah, I can't think of them. But you know, maybe the green one. The advers- adversaries. Adversaries, cycle. yeah. So the you know the green one might see playing in that deck, but yeah, some kind of gruel uh, or gruel beats definitely seem strong. Yeah, and and you could even go like up to Arlen and Ren and Seven if you wanted to as well. Yeah, absolutely could. Or yeah, you could. You could it could be a ramp deck uh, with uh, those sort of beat downs, like a uh, an aggressive ramp deck if you like. Uh, it could be. Uh, combo-esque with Magda and the treasures package to, you know, cheat out some big dragons. You know, there's a lot of space to explore. Or you could just try to get them dead with, um, you know, vehicles and cold spare dragons. So um, I guess we'll see what is the most uh, most successful build of that. But that's where I'll be starting. That seems like the default. Uh, if you're not sure uh, where to start, I would always suggest... Start with something uh, aggressive in the first couple of weeks of a new standard because, you know, a lot of people are trying to figure out, you know, new, cool and interesting things. Well, that, that's what I was going to jump in with just now as well is that thinking about it, mono green aggro probably still be quite good early on. Uh, yeah, could definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with the adversaries going in there, that primal adversary. Yep. There's the two mana three, three. Uh, werewolf, the old werewolf uh, pack leader. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, and then yeah, a whole bunch of other stuff. So yeah, I think it's um that would be a a good place to start. So mono green or red green or maybe even throwing a you know you might throw in Naya there potentially as well. So yeah, yeah, very interesting. I'm actually kind of keen to maybe uh, if we can do this proxy up a bunch of stuff and just try bell tabling or you know like just playing a couple of games of people over you know like a webcam thing and just trying out some some ideas before burning my wild cards. precious wild cards because <laughs> it always feels bad i mean there's some things that you just can see will will definitely be how, you know how those judiths going in your collection Carter? listen man listen <laughs> i cast them once worth it that wasn't at all. <laughs> so, I mean, it turns out the, rare wild cards are rare. Who knew? They are yeah. the rarest of cards, man. The rarest of cards. Anyway, speaking of new standard, we have got, as of tomorrow night, we have a new league, which is new standard. Get so, around it. Yeah, we've actually, um, we're just to, you know, we're kind of a, a little bit lower on numbers this time around. Last time we were... We we're pushing 60 and we're chilling at 48 right now. So you've got not quite 24 hours from when we're recording this to, you know, get your, you know, submission in. It's free to enter. There's, you know, what, $500 worth of cash and prizes available or thereabouts. And we do the draw live on stream tomorrow night, tomorrow being the 17th of September, 2021 for the Innistrad Midnight Hunt Beans League as part of our tournament series. And... It's one of your last chances to qualify for the Envy, right? A lot yeah. of points on the line and a, a straight through qualification if you win out. So any thoughts about the, the league, boys? Are you excited for this one? I, I love I love our leagues. It's always a, a lot of fun to, you know, you you do the draw like, like we're going to do tomorrow. And that's always, you know, lots of banter and, uh, you know. Group of death. Group of death stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, you know, you get to go away in your 
in your group and trash talk the other groups and, and get that sort of rivalry going. And of course that then, you know, leads into our final stream, which is always super fun and, and a big event. And uh, hopefully, you know, we see, we continue to see some top notch magic like we have in our others. And this being our, you know, uh, is this our last league for the year? It is our it last is. Yeah. So, that, you know, that means it's almost envy time. So that's actually huge. So, I, I yeah, these are these are a lot of fun. A great way to just be part of something in the magic community, and you know, share ideas and feel like you're, you know, you're competing against each other. But the most important thing is to compete against the other groups, and uh, you know, then you you're rooting for people in the in the finals, or you know, you're playing in the finals, but you feel like you've got the support of everybody else that was in your group. We give away a bunch of stuff. You know, each week we give stuff away. We give stuff away uh, when we when we stream, and we give a heap of stuff away in the finals as well. So it's something that's super fun. So I'm really looking forward to that. So tune into our Twitch. So just uh, twitch.tv slash Magic Beanscast uh, tomorrow night, and uh, you know, so I believe that'll be from about nine p.m. Yeah. Australian Eastern Time. Yep, it will be. It will be. So a uh, great chance to explore the the new standard in you know i i can a casually competitive or a competitively casual environment in our league as well so where there's legit prizes but it's free to enter and it's more about just having some games with some good peeps yeah. rather than trying to crush everything so yeah absolutely all right so last couple of things i might just quickly rattle through uh the esl open four is this weekend I believe this is the last one of the tournament series that they're running, which is leading up to their big kind of finals thing. Uh, this one has the most points attached to it somehow. We still never worked out why there were different point structures for different events because they're in theory all the same. But whatever, who cares? If that's your jam, then that's this weekend. So get into that after you've made sure you register for the Beans League. Apart from that, all of our Beans stuff is run through our Discord. The link to that is is always in, you know, the show notes. I'll put all those in. If you would like to support us directly, you can do that through our merch store. You can buy some sweet t-shirts, mugs, playmats, hoodies, all the usual kind of jazz. Please don't forget our wonderful sponsors of Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. You can check out their daily auctions on the Facebook page. And otherwise, if you want to find us, we're on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, just Magic Beans cast everywhere. You'll be able to find us. If for some reason you wanted to talk to me on Twitter directly, I am at Joel Hill underscore Chewy. You are at Chewy MTG and Stu at M Stewie. Thank you, everyone. We hope to see you in the stream tomorrow night and we will talk to you soon. Go group Chewy.